Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil, and this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 65. Today we're going to be uh, doing a very quick what we've been watching, because we haven't gone over that in quite some time, and then we're actually going to be reviewing all three of the current uh, Bad Boys films that are out right now, Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, and the newest one, Bad Boys for Life. Yee yee. And without further ado guys, let's get into what we've been watching. Well, it's definitely been a while. It's like two episodes since we haven't, since we've done uh, what we've been watching. So, might as well bring things back to business and start with Nabil. What have Yee. you been watching, sir? Ye to you too, Marco. Yee. What is up with this Ye thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually want to just mention one film I got to see in the theaters last week uh, called Weathering with You. It's a Japanese uh, anime film made by the G-Kids, same guys who are running uh, Studio Ghibli, I believe now. Directed by Makato Shinkai, it's, the film is set in Japan during a period of exceptionally rainy weather and tells the story of a high school boy who runs away to Tokyo and befriends an orphan girl who has the ability to manipulate the weather. Um, and so the girl's name is Hina, and they call her a sunshine girl. And just a little bit of a tragic backstory. I don't want to give you uh, too much of a spoiler on that. But essentially, she finds out that she can control, for short periods of the time, um, the rain and give a little burst of sunshine. And then the boy who runs away from home uh, to come to Tokyo, his name is Hodaka, and he is finding a way to monetize it and then build a relationship between those two. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, it's it's a very good story. It's it's just like some of those other uh, kind of G Kid films that come out every year now that we we're starting to see. This uh, film has really was like phenomenal animation. It's just so well done. It could look really so realistic the way they have this. It just pops out um, on your screen. The story is interesting. There's it's still got it's very grounded to be honest it's like a real life tokyo you, you, you could see the situation where hodaka the kid the boy is uh being put in and how you could see that this is really something that probably does happen or could happen to somebody in his situation where he's running away and just trying to find his own way in the world there's a lot of there's there are times where the film gets really dark suddenly where they try to keep it at even keel uh and then suddenly like something very dramatic happens and the whole tone of the film just shifts and it's very short bursts like it'll happen for like five minutes all of a sudden really dark everything's tense i don't know what's about to happen and then <laughs> back to lightheartedness and you know figuring out this whole story while while still having the lingering in the back of your head about what's uh what's really going on here did you and like then, it overall though yeah i thought it was i thought it was really good it was it wasn't as um except for when you start getting to kind of like the end of it it wasn't really heavy on the the whole fa- fantastical kind of cultural aspect of J- 
Japanese anime films where they're talking about the spirits and nature and 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 things like that. Though it yeah. is it is an integral part of it, but it is it is way more grounded in that sense. And the people's reactions to this girl who supposedly stops rain for short periods of time seem very genuine. They're like, "Oh yeah, I mean, this might be something, but we think it's a coincidence or you're just lucky, which is great yeah. though. You know, it's fine. Yeah, you know." Um, so it, it's it's a very cool take on that because you do feel like this is something if somebody was telling you this stuff like okay cool whatever but hey there's sunshine right now so that's great um it does it, like i said i'm sorry I, I didn't mean to uh, cut you off but is it worth seeing in the theaters oh it's just for the animation alone definitely yeah. uh, I really the voice acting this. is really good uh it doesn't have any big names on there the only big name that's on there and she's more of a secondary character is allison brie she plays uh somebody takes in hodaka and it plays basically another character with that person. Her name is Natsumi. Uh, so, but the voice acting in general, the main character is Hodaka is played by Brandon Eggman for the English uh, dub. Hina is by Ashley Bocher and Kesuke is another person in there named Lee Pace. So it's, it's no one that's really big except for Alison Brie, but she doesn't have a very large role in it. But yeah. again, if you like Japanese anime style films, it is a very good take on it, much more grounded. The animation itself is is pretty phenomenal. I, I'm surprised, honestly, it, it got a lot of award recognition in the kind of the Japanese anime circuit. And I was surprised it didn't make it into uh, the animation for either Golden Globes or for the Oscars list. But it just for that alone, I'd say it's worth watching the theaters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to go past this week, but I definitely I think I might have to see this this week. Tell you the truth, because um, the director, Makoto Shinkai, his last film, Your Name, I, I saw that yeah. with you, too. And that one is so good. Such a good film. So I remember you guys talking about that too. Yeah, yeah, and that's a movie that I think if I didn't have that ear infection while we were watching it, I probably would <laughs> appreciate it way more. And it's like... much more grounded even in that film, <laughs> to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean that one yeah. involves time travel. Think about yeah. it, right? In a way. Strangely <laughs> enough, spoiler alert, I guess kinda, but not really. Yeah. And uh body swapping. So mm. I yeah, I gotta see this movie, man. I'm gonna hit you guys up today. <laughs> this week. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys wanna see this tomorrow? Oh, that's awesome, Bill. Yeah. Uh, what about you, James? What have you been watching? Um, so we're keeping it brief, of course, just like you said, because we've got three movies to go over here. But I just finished the first season of Servant. That is um, the TV show on Apple TV Plus that is executive produced by M. Night Shyamalan. And he directed a few of the episodes. So The master of twists himself. Oh, it's it's yeah. kind of like that horror-esque kind of show. I didn't realize that came out on Apple TV. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, they've been advertising it like Ten crazy. Episodes to build. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot it's of TV. Out, it's been out since November, but it's not. Well, it's not you know, I don't have Apple TV, so. Apple, oh, Apple TV Plus is not just for Apple TV. Apple TV right. Plus is uh, it's on a number the of devices streaming now. service, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you can get the app. And, and this is uh, right now. This is like their number one show, I think, because it's already been renewed for season two as well. Oh wow! And basically, it's about a family that lives in Philadelphia, of course, because it's uh, M Night Shyamalan, right? So th- something happened basically to this family. It's uh, it's Dorothy and Sean. Dorothy is played by Lauren Ambrose. She's a news anchor, so she's always on TV. And Sean is played by uh, Toby Kebbell, actually, who I I I really like as an actor. And he's a chef, right? So they're kind of these, you know, modern day young couple, and they have a yeah. kid. His name's Jericho, but Jericho dies, and. Dorothy suffers a mental breakdown, basically, and she can't deal with the loss of her child. So they have a a psychiatrist recommends to them that they have like a fake doll instead, be like the surrogate kid just to kind of ease her back into reality. So but they treat the doll like it's a real baby and 
all this weird it's it's very strange i'll say that much you know that mm-hmm. they're trying to pretend that then this kind of goes into the horror kind of aspect of this movie or this show sorry but it's, it's damn near a movie so the servant aspect of it though is one day it starts with they get a babysitter that like a live-in maid kind of thing to move into their home with them her name is leanne and she's played by nail tiger free who i've never seen before but she's really good in this show and the strange thing is Without any spoilers, this is in the trailers, so I'm not going to spoil There's obviously a ton of twists this entire thing, by the way. Uh, M. Night, so one day, <laughs> they go back in the room, and of course, Dorothy the entire time, though, doesn't... You know, she she thinks the doll is real, right? Right. Because she's she can't cope with it. She's not all there, which is the craziest shit, I guess, technically, you know? But Jericho's alive one day, so basically the baby comes back. And the whole season kind of reflects on Leanne's very the Leanne the babe that they hired. She's a young girl, and there's there's a huge backstory to all her stuff. And Sean is very much suspicious of what's going on, and because you know they're like, "What the hell? What's going on? Like, is this a kid? Did she bring a kid?" And it slowly reveals there's a much bigger story to all of this. I won't get into it, obviously. But I really like the acting in this one. The cast is really really good. Every episode ends on like a cliffhanger, and every episode I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" So you got to keep binging. Even at the end of the season, like yesterday, I finished it all yesterday. I was like, "What the fuck is going <laughs> on?" Uh, Rupert Grint from Harry Potter, who played Ron in there, plays Dorothy's um, oh, brother. Okay. He's Julian. He's 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 hilarious in this one, and I think easily one of the guys just kind of like uh, he's like an alcoholic, and he just does not like Leanne <laughs> at all. He just calls her out on her shit. He's like, this bitch is crazy. And even um, Tony Vervalori is in this film as well. Uh, the show, I keep calling it a film, sorry. Uh, he's, you know, most famous from probably, I mean, he's in Spider-Man Homecoming. He's Flash. So he's in this one as well. He's Sean's, um, like, his assistant because he's a chef too. And uh, he's pretty good too in this one. So I would highly recommend this one. Apple TV Plus seems to be catching its, finally kind of getting on the ground running now from what they've I mean especially after the SAG Awards I guess with the morning show getting a win right. there yep. so I think it's definitely worth a look especially if you bought a new phone or if you got an iPad or a computer you get it for free for a whole year so no snap which essentially means I'll always have Apple TV forever I guess so it's oh, worth yeah. it just for the show alone like I said I, I am a big fan of M. Night Shyamalan as a lot of you guys know and it's nice that he's executive producing this he directed the first episode in this one as well and it's nice. very M Night like, and I think mm-hmm. if you're fans of shows, not it's not super horror, I'd say, more like the Unbreakable kind of kind of like suspenseful, like split thing. in glass sure. kind yeah. of a feel. Right. Without spoiling it, obviously there's a huge twist in the entire show, but it's there's also a lot of drama too, and it's it leaves you wondering. It, like I said, at the end of the season, I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I was like I need to talk to people about this but no one has seen this goddamn show so <laughs> it's really it's really well shot too um the way that it's made you can tell that Apple's putting a lot of money into these shows it does not look like it was made for like TV like that's what I'm saying like it looks like it could be on HBO literally one of those kind of shows so well, streaming is where it's at yeah. everyone's trying to compete right now yeah mm-hmm. so uh, if you have Apple TV, so like for instance, if you got a you got a new phone, you got an uh, iPhone 11, do yourself a favor and watch the show. You won't regret it. So nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Well, 
I know you also saw a horror show. Yeah, I was going to say, keeping on the current theme right now, I just recently finished the Netflix original show, The Haunting of Hill House, one that James highly recommended not too long ago and created by Mike Flanagan, who recently did the Dr. Sleep movie, which is the sequel to... The Shining. The Shining, that's right. kind of a novel, I guess, if you think about it. Right. Yeah, to a point. Yeah. But... I I'll, actually a lot of people have been getting me to try to watch this show too. One of our fellow critics, A Week and Watch, also was trying to get me to watch this, and I finally listened to her too. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna binge the show." And basically, like kind of like what James said, I'm not gonna go over the the entire show and the premise because you could listen to that episode. But the the Crane family is basically living on uh or lived on Hill House. And the show goes between past and present of their experiences in the house and how those traumas affected their current life. And what I really liked about this show is similar to kind of how James was talking about Servant is the the show isn't really filmed much like a horror. There's there's some really key scenes, some great acting, great performances. The characters themselves deal with real life situations in addition to the supernatural stuff that occurs and their recurring memories of the horrors they saw on Hill House. And it's just a great blend that I think adds that realism to the show and really immerses you into it, which is one of the things that I really like about um, good horror. Like if you can really get me to believe that, you know, these are, you know, real people through real experiences and not something, you know, that's completely made up, then you've sold me and I think it does a great job. The cast is incredibly great. Henry Thomas, who played Elliot in E.T., is in it. And it's kind of weird yeah, to kind of see them all grown up. At first, like, his face just looked so familiar. And it wasn't until I saw the E.T. sequel commercial that I realized, oh, shit, that's Elliot. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. The, uh, the the characters that play the kids, I think, do a great job. Oliver Jackson Cohen, who plays uh, Luke Crane, the the youngest son, is is just so good in it as a damaged person, drug addict that's dealing with his real-life demons as well as all the shit that he saw during uh, his uh, time growing up on Hill House. Uh, Kate Siegel as Theodora Crane is also just really good, too. She was in a Flanagan movie, Hush, which is also a great watch if uh, you're into good horror. And... Also, randomly, uh, Michelle Huseman, who was in Game of Thrones, she, he was he played Khaleesi's lover in that, in like season two or three, and he does a great job in it. I didn't even recognize the guy when I was watching the show, and I was just like, he looks so familiar too. All these familiar faces. Yeah. But overall, the cast has a great chemistry. The horror elements are just really good. I know James mentioned last time that it tends to have like a hidden ghost in almost every scene. Yeah. And when you catch it, it really is pretty creepy. And even mm-hmm. when you don't, you can just have this sense of something in the background is Something's just always looming. looming. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 just great. Uh, the the ending I think has a great payoff too to the entire show because each episode reveals a little bit more of each character's past, and you're kind of putting the piece together of what the meaning is, and and finally like the big reveal is just so good, and it has such a great payoff. I highly recommend it. You guys know how picky I am with horror stuff, and this is definitely on my top list, and it's probably a show that I would definitely watch again, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about this show. I'm looking forward to season two, which is 
you know, it's like an anthology show. It's going to be totally different. Oh, yeah. It's The Haunting of Bry Manor, which is the next one. And Oh, sweet. Um, Mike Flanagan is, is great, like I said. I know... All, I've seen all of his movies up from Oculus going forward. I know I know Absentia is on Amazon Prime. We just got to get to it eventually. But because what he does, he actually gives his characters mm-hmm. like some actual dialogue, yeah. and he actually actually creates real characters that have yeah. like a past that you really connect to, and it, you, and it, that's like a common theme in a lot of his stuff. Yeah, especially like. Um, I remember when I saw Oculus, and it was like on a whim that I watched Oculus, and I, I never knew who he was, and I, I didn't think it was going to be much, but I know the uh, ratings on that one had been really good when it first came out, so I was like, fuck it, I'll check it out. And it from that point forward, I was like, this guy's really good. And then Hush was great, and like I, I know you give a shit about what Ouija Origin of Evil is fucking fantastic. Like that's a, It's so weird that he went he did that and did one like also? a sequel to a movie. Oh, yeah, he shit. did a sequel to uh, Ouija, which is terrible. Okay, then, maybe, maybe yeah. I'll make an exception for that one and watch yeah, it. I mean, but it's a prequel to that movie, so uh, fantastic. And he's he's doing a lot of stuff coming up too. He's doing a fucking midnight mass, all this stuff. So he's definitely like that's why I included Doctor Sleep on my best of from the last pod. It's just that I I really like Mike Flanagan. He seems like a really a horror director that definitely knows what he's doing. Like him and Ari Aster, I think are kind of like the two. Oh, absolutely. Ones, they so. treat him like actual films, which is how it should be. Yeah. 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 It's not like I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you guys know I love slasher films and shit, but yeah, I mean, yeah, those I, I like those have specific tastes, and I like those too. Did you ever? Did you finish this one, Bill? I know you started. I did not it. finish it. Yeah, I got about four episodes in, but I had not finished it. And it was it was just like you said. Just that was part of reason. It just got really creepy in a lot of aspects. It was like, oh, really need to be in the right mindset to keep watching this. So it was it, it was really well done though. And I, I will say it does take a few episodes to get into it because a lot yeah. of random stuff is happening and just trying to make sense of it. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? But once you get into like about four or five, you're like really invested and, and you're really enjoying it by then. All right, guys. So that's a quick little synopsis on what we've been watching here. Let's move on now to the main event here, guys, and do the review on the Bad Boys Trilogy. So first up is Bad Boys. It was brilliant. It was foolproof. It was the perfect crime. But for Miami detectives Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry, Buenos dias, mi amor. It was the ultimate nightmare. This was our career bust, which is what, your hundred million dollars? Just do what you do, only faster. Let's try to do this right. No gunshots, no dead bodies. Well, you know, if I recall correctly, the last couple dead bad guys belong to you. All right, and so the IMDb description of this one, guys, is absolutely ridiculous. It is 
two hip detectives protect a witness to a murder while investigating a case of stolen heroin from the evidence storage room from their police precinct. That's literally the synopsis. This is directed by Michael Bay, who directed Armageddon in 1998, Pearl Harbor in 2001, Transformers in 2007, and Pain and Gain in 2013. Uh, This stars Will Smith as Mike Lowry, Martin Lawrence as Marcus Burnett, Joe Pantaleone as Captain Howard, Tia Leone as Julie Mott, and Checky Carrillo as Fawcett. I probably butchered that last one too. <laughs> I think it's Fouché. Fouché? Yeah. Yeah. He's the French guy that's bad. That was a bad guy in every 90s film. Basically. So, um. So we're not going to do the song then? I mean. I no. mean, we rehearsed it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, right off the bat, I just want to ask before we get into this, because these are older, older films. Like, this came out in 1995. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but. Uh, do you guys have a history with these movies beforehand, before this marathon? Uh, Marco, I know you said you saw these in theaters, right? Yeah, I saw it. I definitely saw this one in theaters with uh, my family. I got you. We were, we were a huge uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith fans. So obviously Did you like the, the Martin time? show and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So yeah. when we saw these two were going to be in a movie, we were like, we got to go see that. And it was a wild experience, obviously. Did you like it, though, back in 95? Oh, yeah, dude. I, I loved it. I was like... 12 so obviously like it was high octane basic michael bay movie and i of course i didn't know this at the time but it was his actual first movie so yeah, i mean his yeah. first time i ever seen this type of filmography and i was like oh man i didn't know shit about movies that much back then so yeah michael bay was a uh music video director yeah for many years very much like mcg and stuff like that yeah uh what about you new bill yeah, I mean, the same. I uh, watched it. I didn't watch it in theaters. So I was a little young. But I did get to see it at home. And it was it was something I looked forward to watching because uh, I was a big fan of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And this was mm-hmm. uh, Will Smith's first big action film. And so that really kind of sold with me. And I was still a big fan of Martin at the time, too. So Yeah, definitely. It, it, was, it was very fun uh, to be able to, to see it again. Uh, but... It, it seeing it you know 20 years later 25 years later it's a little yeah you, you have a little different perspective than when you did originally <laughs> as a kid oh yeah definitely i mean that i i don't really have much of a history with this film outside of um i remember when the sequel came out and um which we'll get to eventually but for the first one i did i mean i was only six or seven years old so obviously i did not see this movie in theaters i don't know this is a movie that even when i saw it though i saw it probably in high school so I was I was a teenager by the time I saw this movie, and uh, I remember not liking it. Yeah, I so, remember you telling me that. I was like, yeah. "Oh wow!" I told you guys, I was like, "Yeah, these are not good movies." <laughs> they, I mean, they're not. A, a lot of it's just way, nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a lot of nostalgia, and like I had no nostalgia for this, so I'm like, "Yeah, no, they're they're terrible." Um, so I'm gonna move it right into it then. Basically, about if the movie's dated, does it hold up? Yeah or nay? I'm gonna start with myself, and uh, this movie's a mess. <laughs> so. <laughs> 2004 or 2005, James had it right on the dot for myself. But um, no, this is a nay for me on this one. I don't think bad. This is definitely has a lot of signs of a first time director. Yeah. I'd say of uh, the movie runs very long. I know this one's about two hours, right? Hour yeah, just a little over two hours. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's almost 25 minutes too long. So there's so many unnecessary scenes of, and I mean, like Marco was telling me trivia on the way here. It's they seemed like they didn't know what they were doing with the script either. No, Michael Bay actually was quoted saying at one point that the script was shit. He Which actually I did a lot of changes kind of... on set and had Martin Lawrence and Will Smith ad-lib some of their lines because he yeah. was like, this dialogue is just crap. 
And even then, it doesn't even really hold up. No, not at all. And I think that's being awfully nice, just calling it shit at this point. Because I think this script is terrible. And, I mean, we have characters such as, like, Tia Leone is playing Julie. And I think she's so unnecessary. And, I mean, we'll get into it. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to say that for the first two films, we are... This is a whole blanket spoiler for the, all these two. Yeah. So, we're just going to kind of talk about these. The third one, since that is just came out, we will have a spoiler warning for that one. So, apologies if you guys were waiting 25 years to watch this movie. And you didn't <laughs> want to get ruined the quote-unquote twist, I guess. I don't know. I show but, it on TV all the time, too. Yeah, th- I think that's how you originally saw it. So, I mean, it's it's got that coolness of Michael Bay in this film. And there's only a few explosions. I think there's only one big one, truthfully. But there's unnecessary characters. There's just a lot of... It's very 90s, as I was telling you guys through text. And, um, I mean, we'll get into it a little more of some stuff that just doesn't work at all right because it's fucking hilarious truthfully so what about you Nabil? i mean no it's it's a, it is yeah. a terrible film <laughs> it doesn't hold up it's uh it is very quintessential 90s action film i think at it's almost at its peak or at least right at that apex before you know we start going downhill for a little bit it's uh funny in some aspects we're seeing uh yeah. martin lawrence and will smith back to back and forth they have the best chemistry and i think that stands for for most of the series that I agree. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they're comedy together. They, the way they riff off of each other, you know, they're having a fun time doing it and it works really well. And that's, I think what really saves the film. But if it, if, if it wasn't for that, this film will be a very forgettable movie overall. Uh, there, there's nothing memorable about a lot of the action scenes. Like it's just another nineties film. I could name a Schwarzenegger film that might be doing the same thing. That might be a little bit better because of his dialogue, you know? So it's, it's, it's very, like you said, Michael Bayish in in the sense, especially for his first film, but it's I like, did like the. It's like comedy. that young Michael Bay Neville. That's what yeah. you're trying to say, right? Yes, yes. I mean, did you, you still think? Did you still think it held up though, comedy wise? Yeah, I think. Well, you know, some of the jokes are '90s reference, so it's yeah. a little dated. Uh, yeah. But but where they were just kind of making fun of each other and riffing, uh, that I thought that was good. There are a lot of uh, gay jokes and and like the not so subtle way, but again, it is of the time. But overall, I mean, I, I do think that jokes mostly hold up on its own, um, except for when you're referencing, you know, 90s specific stuff. True. No, that makes sense. Uh, what about you, Marco? Oh, we're going to do this, huh? I'm odd, I'm odd man out. It's a yay for me. Oh, wow. It's And a lot of it has to do with nostalgia. Like, I can't recommend this movie to anybody who's never seen it before, but... I think because of the fact that I saw it at such a young age and in theaters and the fact that it starred two of my favorite actors when I was a kid is why I give it that much credit. And it's it's a fun movie. It's stupid. It's very stupid. I agree with James. It's all over the place. But it's just so fun. It's just stupid fun. It's one of those movies you can just put in the background, eat your popcorn or your snacks, and you know you don't really have to pay attention to it. You just kind of watch it with friends, you know? If, I, if, you're, if you're really bored, it's not a perfect movie by any means necessary. But for me, like, I, I just have so many memories of making jokes about, like, bad boys and stuff. I, I do agree that it's very 90s, and a lot of the jokes did not age at all. Like, the, the gay jokes are just super, like, awkward at times. I'm just like, oh, boy, this is this is kind of weird. But the I do I do agree with Nabil that the times that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are riffing off each other are the times that work best, and I do believe those are the times that Michael Bay was like, just say whatever in the scene, because whatever whatever's in the script is shit. Also, the guy who played Fouché, I'm not going to botch his name 
because I can't pronounce it, but he, <laughs> for some reason, I just liked watching him as a bad guy in movies. It's it's his French accent just sounded so evil in these movies, <laughs> and uh, the the airport scene at the end where he shoots the the main bad guy he's making the drug deal with, like that scene, like my brother and I used to always like play it out because it was so funny because the guy curses Fouché out in Spanish and then he just gets blown away but anyway um yeah uh it, I do agree it doesn't really hold up but yeah but what my point is is that that's just not fun I was gonna say, yeah, I was like, this is you're not really contradicting because you're like, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it, but it was, I mean, yes, I I think personally, it's fun to watch. I think personally, for me, it, 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 for me, it's fun. Like, if the movie's on, like, I'll watch it. Like, I didn't have that bad of a time. It wasn't that much of a struggle for me to watch it. I mean, I, me, I'm, I like riffing on movies too myself. Like, sometimes I'll watch a movie and I'll just fucking tear it apart. I, I, I so like that. So like good. Mystery Science Theater 3000 type yeah. shit. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, just, that's if I don't like it, though. So, I mean, this yeah. was perfectly the time where I don't like a movie and I was dreading watching it. No, so that makes sense. I of it the entire time. <laughs> and I've, I've come across many people that, you know, that yeah. don't like the movie. That even when they saw it, like, back in the day and they watch it now, like, man, this movie sucks. But it made money, though. Yeah. It but make a lot of money. In well, I mean, Star Power, too. You yeah. think yeah. about it, too. Plus, it, yeah, and uh, Michael Bay even uh, he reduced the salary and also paid for part of the sequences because like it was just such a disaster to make. But you know what? I think I mean, just for yeah. sheer nostalgia, is the reason right. I give it a yay. So I mean, I'm odd I, man out. That's just yeah, no, definitely. There's just so much shit in here where I just can't believe someone was like, guys, a lot of the story doesn't make any sense. No, no, and Michael no, no. Bay was like, get off my set. Like, why in the fuck? <laughs> fuck it. Here we go, guys. So. Martin Lawrence's character is pretending for the longest time to be Mike, right? Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. Oh, I'm glad you bring this up because I want to talk about this for a second. Yeah, Captain Howard must have been doing cocaine still. So he was like, you got to pretend you're Mike or she's not going to talk to you. And then truthfully, if you take a step back, why the fuck are these bad guys still going after Julie when they already they already have Julie? Like, she witnessed a crime. Like, okay, who cares? There's, there's like a bigger thing going on here with the heroin. But yeah, she has yeah. no idea where She's the deal can take place. She's there with him on like a stakeout. She's there with him at a club. I'm like, are they trying to make her part of the team or something? <laughs> I like how they let her call the shots when they try to put her into protective custody. She's like, no, 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 no not going to happen. I'm like, uh, they I mean, wouldn't no, give you a choice. Throw you back in jail. I mean, how about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what, did, what did you think about that, Nabil? Well, I was going to say that. You know, this is a, a plot that I would say would work if there was a sequel. And then they would try to do this and say, because you know the characters, but you don't know who Mike Lowry is. You don't know who Marcus <laughs> Burnett is. You're learning them for the first time and meeting them, you know? It, and happen- it happens early on, too. Like, yeah. oh, this is how it's going to happen. Like, oh, Exactly. Shit, okay. So it's like, we don't even get a chance to, like, especially Will Smith didn't have as big of a role in this film than he does in the other ones. It was really focused on Martin Lawrence uh, because he was playing Mike Lowry, essentially. But... I thought that was was odd. Taylioni doesn't add anything like you said, but yeah. It it is also it seems kind of odd that she you could tell she figures it out, but she doesn't figure it out because yeah, she gets surprised Mar- at Marco the end. Marco was telling me this when like when uh, <laughs> Marcus's wife comes over, like she yeah. already knows and like, bitch, why did you play this game with these yeah, guys? Exactly. Then? Why did so everyone why did everyone play along? And like why didn't exactly. they, like they could have easily met with the captain of the precinct and he would have told them what yeah. was going on. I don't understand Done why deal. the captain or, or why they didn't tell Marcus's wife either. Like, hey, we have to like do this fake out thing, or yeah. I'm just gonna come up with an elaborate scheme. To, it's just to add like a comedic element to it later. Yeah. Which also, 
they're they're uh, narcotics detectives. They're yeah. not homicide. They're not like some special forces kind of thing. They are focusing on narcotics, and they've got a lot of stuff going on that I feel like narcotics cops shouldn't really be going through. You know, so that's you mean narcotic cops don't go on shootouts on the bridge and toss? Yeah, <laughs> they're usually explosives. low key. You know, there shouldn't be like body bags everywhere they go. I mean, they're usually doing that to Marcus. He's wearing Fubu, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're usually doing infiltration. They're not exactly. really doing this type of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, and also the ending, too. Got to be one of the most anticlimactic things I've ever seen in my life. They're just racing to get through an opening first. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Nabil is going to not like this. I will I will tell you, though, what I thought when I saw it, too. I was like, this is totally Michael Bay. Because Will Smith is dual wielding. He's got two pistols. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. You know what's crazy? Goes under- mm-hmm. but you know what? Knowing what's crazy about that, too, on top of that all. It's like, uh, where the fuck was he going to go? Like, <laughs> did you really have to stop him right there? Yeah. The whole airport's pretty much closed down. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's in a car, dude. And they have a chopper yeah. on the way. Yeah. It's straight up. Yeah. They already no took s- out the plane. Yeah, the plane's gone. That had all mm-hmm. the drugs. Like, hey, he's he's done. You can just let mm-hmm. him. We got to chase him. So they blow up out of the warehouse or everything that's in the middle of fucking nowhere, by the it's, way. It's, it's trying to look cool just to try to look cool. That's it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. definitely, dude. I mean, the coolest part of that scene really was Will Smith on the floor rolling around with his dual wielding gun shooting at the place. So, so you know, it's almost like it's almost like Michael Bay was just like, man, I just saw this movie called Hard Boiled. Uh, <laughs> I just want to try this shit out, man. How about that? Mike and Marcus are fucking terrible cops. Yeah. Oh, By the way, not and, even. And of, just, I the mean, Captain is okay with it though. He's like, do your thing, make it happen. Of- <laughs> it's like you i guys don't are getting the body count going up i i don't care how many i was telling james i don't care how many cases they've closed or solved the collateral damage alone would be enough to get Dude, them fired. the bridge scene the bridge yeah. scene i'm like uh they did a lot of fucking damage and also you're on public tv everybody knows your identity at this point so doesn't that ruin it, your chance of being a narcotic dude, agent right. yes i've i've met a few people who were married to narcotics officers and it's like if they were on the news, man, their cover would be blown and everybody would be like, hey, that's that motherfucker that just made a deal with me last week and shit. It's crazy. Yeah. So um, last one, just before we move on to the next one, because we got to keep moving with these. Um, how Michael Bay is this film, uh, Nabil? I mean, from a scale of one to ten, it's like. 15. No, from a scale from one to uh, Transformers Fallen Night. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, this is this is P- this is. Where it starts and um, it only goes up that high. Yeah, it just keeps going up. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, any last words on this one, Marco? No, just okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. I mean, don't 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 watch if if it's not your thing, don't watch it. He's like, don't watch it. All right, and on to the next movie, Bad Boys Two. Oopsie Daisy, it's the Negress. What is your job description? I'll tell you. Tactical narcotics team. You know, Mike, I had an epiphany. I realized a guy sent you here to test me. Somebody shot you. And who be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. It's like it hit the meat. It ain't nowhere near the whole. Tactical, discreet, displaying finesse and subtlety. What are you, a cop or a model? Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I hate the teller. What was subtle about your work today? Oh, this is all your fault. Can we please talk about this later? Let's 
And this one came out in 2003, a whopping eight years after the original. And the synopsis for this one is, two loose cannon narcotics cops investigate the flow of ecstasy into Florida from a Cuban drug cartel. This one's also directed by Michael Bay, who we all know did Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, as well as Transformers. And it stars Will Smith coming back to play Mike Lowry, Martin Lawrence coming back to play Marcus Burnett, Joe Pantoliano as Captain Howard, Jordi Mola as Hector Juan Carlos Johnny Tapia. Yes, that is his full name. I was waiting for you to say the whole thing. I'm like, say it. (laughs) (laughs) Hector Juan Carlos Johnny Tapia. Gabrielle Union as Sid, Peter Stormare as Alexi, and Michael Shannon as Floyd Petit, randomly. First time I ever saw Michael Shannon in a movie, by the way. I know we're talking about having history with these movies. Uh, let's go with you, James. Do you have any history with this movie? Uh, not at all. <laughs> really? You never yeah. saw it in theaters? No. Hell no. Oh, I didn't shit. see any shit in theaters. Oh, shit. So this is your first this, time seeing Once it. again, I saw this probably back-to-back with Bad Boys. And no, this movie was terrible back then, and I don't think too much of it now either was very much this is definitely like i will say too michael bay becoming michael bay uh compared to the first one oh yeah yeah. you can tell like bigger budget slow motion action sequences yellow tint the whole time i don't know if you guys noticed that very yellow his movies Mm -hmm. um long slow motion shots where the camera pans over the heroes staring off into the distance and explosions 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 so no i do not have any history because when this came out i was in high school, but because I hadn't seen the first one, I didn't. I didn't watch this one. So yeah, I think I, I kept saying it's slow motion explosions and scantily clad women is how he did did his films early in the day. I guess yeah, to a point, to a point. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nabil? Do you have any history with uh, Bad Boys Two? I, I saw this in theaters when it came out. Um, it was. It, I, I was a big fan of. I, I mean, I still am. This is a better film than the first one by far to me, and I think that. The for me, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence riffing off of each other. Michael Bay really leaned into that, and it really plays off better. There are scenes in here that I, I yeah. just think are hilarious. Um, even now, I was watching it and I was dying as my wife looked at me, wondering <laughs> why do I think it's so funny. And you know, the action scenes are bigger. It's still a very ridiculous premise, but it did bring me back to wanting to see more Will Smith films and more action films because I, you know, as he got famous in the 90s, kind of disappeared for a little bit and did this and had his little renaissance in the 2000s. So it was good to see him back in this kind of funny but action role. Awesome. I also have history with this movie. I saw it in theaters and I think I saw this one more times in theaters than the first one because I just thought it was ridiculously funny. The, The whole, like you said, Nabil, them riffing off each other they played that tenfold on this one and you know it's like michael bay taking what worked and using it again in this one it's definitely uh, a bad movie uh, i agree with james there it's uh, again it, it runs a little too fucking long too it's like two and a half oh, hours man. long and i'm I, like it doesn't doesn't really need i was to gonna be, that be like pulp fiction shawshank redemption fight club force cup casino and bad boys 2 what do they all have in common they're all <laughs> two and a half hours long yeah so think of that and yeah, this one definitely is where you get a, a bigger taste for Michael Bay's style. Specifically, the whole freeway chase scene where the cars are just being flung at everyone and they're like exploding the for Asian, no fucking squad. reason. The Asian hit squad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I, th- I think I randomly know. one of the cars hits absolutely nothing and it explodes. And oh, I'm like, dude, it goes flying. Yeah, yeah I, was I was like, like why like, did it explode? Nice. I do. I will say it looks cool. 
But again, just like the airport sequence in the first one, it's looking cool just to look cool. That's it. I mean, that's a lot of Michael Bay shit, man. Style and yeah. substance, man. So, I mean... Uh, it, it is funnier. Obviously, it's taking place in the early 2000s, so the yeah. joke's a little bit more, you know, closer to our era. But that's about it. The action sequences are ridiculous, like I said. Um, some of them are pretty cool. Like, some of the shootouts are pretty cool. Uh, Johnny Tapia, though, I think is a much better villain. And I think he was yes. hilarious because he, he was just, yeah. like, overboard. And I liked it. He's, like, a, he's a shitty freaking Tony Montoya from uh, Scarface. So... He's he's definitely like a, I mean he's just like a caricature of like a Cuban drug lord. Yeah, I guess. basically he does a lot of bad guy uh, characters. So Jordy, that guy uh, always yeah. does. But I mean, and then yeah, yeah Peter Stormare in this movie for no real fucking reason though. Nope. Playing Alexi because yeah. he's the guy supplying the ecstasy, and it's still just or he's the one distributing it in Florida. And there's just so much to this movie that is just filler, though. Two and a half hours of this crap, right? right? Yeah, just throw away. Like, Alexi's there. He gets, he you know, his deal with uh, Johnny is cut off eventually in the movie. And then if he comes back in, like, a comedic sequence near the raid where he gets uh-huh. shot by the police. And it's just like, what the fuck? You could have just left him out in the movie, man. Jesus. Um, Gabrielle Union is Sid, too. I just didn't see what her real purpose was other than just to be a damsel in distress. As much as they're trying to make her role like, oh look, she's a uh, she's undercover and um, yeah. really bad at her job, you know. So <laughs> well, it's the first time, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it runs in the family because once again, Mike and Marcus are fucking terrible cops, man. Yeah, they are. The body counts. The body counts is insane in this one, man. It's fifty-one. Is it fifty? According to IMDb, it's fifty-one. Damn, they're killing more people Jeez. than fucking Rambo and <laughs> yeah. Rambo Two, man. Shit. God. It's I like, mean, how are they still, just the freeway sequence alone, how are they still cops? And once again, I know they're trying to get into, like, the, oh, uh, we're, like, this is kind of showing that it's been eight years, and, like, Marcus is trying to, like, relax more, so is the captain and stuff like that, too, right? And, I mean, I will admit, I did like this one better than the first one, but, I mean, it's not it's not a stretch to say that at all. Yeah. It's just that it, it's like a Return of the King on us, too, where this movie ends six different times. Before it actually yeah. ends, I was like, "What in the fuck?" Before is going like on? the over elaborate Cuba sequence, that yeah, just they go did two hours in, and then I looked, like I said, I was like, "There's still 32 minutes." It's left like this an movie. epilogue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, we gotta save Sid, and also exactly. we're gonna have a house right across from their place. Just yeah. hope they don't notice the two black dudes in Cuba chilling on the porch. So I'm gonna say for for James, so for you, it didn't hold up. No, definitely not. No. no what Hell about no. you, Neville? I'd say it's a good intro. If you're gonna watch these films to get to learn the characters and like you want to see the the next one, the new one that came out. That this would be a good one to start with. It is dated. Uh, there, especially again, the jokes do have they lean a little bit on the gay thing, and there are some some jokes that maybe aren't as current, but way way more relative, like you said, Marco, now than it was uh, with the '95 film. So yeah, I'd still say it's it's good to watch. It's good to see Will Smith. If you're a fan of Will Smith, you'll get more of him in this film definitely than the first one, and you'll you'll probably enjoy it at least for comedy's sake. But if you're watching a Michael Bay film, you should already know what you're getting yourself into at this point. So Very true. And I agree. Yeah, some of the, the jokes are still in bad taste. Not as much as they were in the first one. And truth, truthfully, you don't even really need to see the first one to watch the third one. Yeah. To I start with this one, I agree. You don't have to watch this one to watch the third one, to tell you the truth. Right. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe a little bit. Because they, they reference some stuff from two. from two. I mean, least. they make one reference to Sid in the next one. Spoiler alert. But they I mean... Do. Oh, uh, they they reference some other stuff. That I'll, I'll yeah, they reference other stuff to a point, yeah. but I mean, I think. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to yeah, that yeah. once for life. But but I mean, I, think that's I definitely 
you know, this yeah. is not a necessary. I mean, you can watch sequences of this movie, I guess, maybe. True, but you know, I still, I still actually. Fun fact: the uh, the the one who co-wrote the script with Michael Bay, he didn't even watch the first one. He fast-forwarded it the whole time and then said he watched it. So. <laughs> Nice. And it shows. That's yeah. Fun. But uh, yeah, I still think it's. I, the first movie, <laughs> I, no, I, I still think know. it's a fun film, and I enjoyed it. It's it's just stupid fun. That's all. So, and again, it's all for nostalgia. Yeah. It's blinding you. Yeah. Um. So how Michael Bay is this film, Marco? Uh, it is Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm feeling that too. Yeah. What about you, Nabil? Yeah, I. I I'd probably feel the same way. Revenge of the Fallen as well. Yeah. Oh Jesus, that's Michael it's, Bay. It's as Michael fuck. Bay. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna be like, it's. I mean, it's getting into that <laughs> <laughs> kind of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of like where you just kind of wrote part of that shit. But <laughs> oh, I mean, shit. I like those movies. See, though, so. yeah, I was gonna say those are slightly he better. He produced than this, that, though. so I mean, he also produced the uh, what was it, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. So I mean, it's actually almost like that. I yep. will say one of the scenes that I, I even now watching it again still was hilarious was Martin Lawrence and Will Smith meeting the his uh, Martin Lawrence's daughter. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They I will say that one. and riffing on him, and yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing, and still held up really well. Can I tell you what the worst scene I think is in the entire movie? Yes, sure. I think I know exactly what you're uh, gonna say. The morgue scene is the dumbest. Oh my oh, god! Scene. Yeah, fifteen minutes of just bullshit. Like, okay, I get mm. it. We want to see this. Chick naked, maybe get some weird, gross-out humor jokes with the uh, liquids and shit. But I'm like, I mean, it adds nothing to the movie. Uh, mine would probably be the whole stakeout when they're finding Johnny oh, Tapia's drop off. Yeah. They're supposed to be staking yeah. out, and they're yelling at each other. They're literally yeah. yelling and at each other. And there's, there's no sense of time. Like the <laughs> guy, their, their snitch, Michael Shannon, is like, they're gonna be here in an hour, and like literally five seconds later, and the boat shows up. The boat as the boat's yeah. like. 20 feet away. I'm like, dude, I would have heard these guys. Yeah, there's Just nothing there to, to to hold your sound back. So, I mean, they're going to hear you. <laughs> you're, on a, you're on the water, guys. There's nothing else. And and really, <laughs> like, they did need to go to Cuba. And not to mention the <laughs> Cuba scene was super necessary. I thought that was Michael Bay, like, flexing that he had a couple extra million. He's like, you guys want to blow up a house? They were driving through the freaking, like, these favela kind of looking oh, things. Oh, I was like, yo, that's his plan B. Oh, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I will say it was kind of like a video game sequence, so that was the only yeah. cool part about it. I was like, I've seen this in Call of Duty, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention yeah. the boat was on fire. They're like, we have to get that boat. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck are you guys talking also, about? Also, again, narcotics detectives, they're all militarized suddenly. They can go up on hey, a chopper. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, Nabil. They, fed, they found friends in the CIA to help them, okay? Yeah. In the last Gosh, minute. That they, I didn't know. That, that they had, didn't bother to use throughout the entire movie. Yeah, no setup, nothing at all. They show up the last 25 minutes, and that one guy's like, hey, I can be your like techie guy. Is that cool? <laughs> I didn't know uh, Miami PD okay. was giving out that kind of training, you know. For the, Captain, for Howard, Captain Howard got connections, cuz. So. Yeah, Apparently so. Like <laughs> all right, and with that, we're getting to the, the big one now. Bad Boys for Life. Come on, man. You can get that buffed out. No, you can get that buffed out. Remember, knock and talk. Yeah, knock, knock. Mighty PD, get down! What the hell happened to knock and talk? Hands behind your head right now. I got this. I'm gonna penetrate this man's soul with my heart. What? Watch and learn. Sir, I realize that you're scared. You know, sometimes fear. 
How deep you think you got in his soul? So, this bad boy stars, again, Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett. They're back together for one last ride in the highly anticipated Bad Boys, bad boys for Life film. I should have, just a side note, I should have definitely copied a different synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, I was like that really does not tell you much, but that's cool with me, I guess. Right. Thanks, IMDb. Directed by Adele Arbi and Jordi Mola. They did Gangsta in 2018, Black in 2015, and Image in 2014. Never heard of any of those films. They're all like independent films, by the way. Yeah. So. Uh, but it's it's not Michael Bay that's directing at this time, so it's a change of pace. Nope. We still have the some original stars. Will Smith again comes back as Mike Lowry. Martin Lawrence as Marcus Burnett. Joe Pantoliano as Captain Howard. And then we have Paula Nunez as Rita. Cato Castillo as Isabella Aretes. Jacob Scipio as Armando Armas. Vanessa Hudgens as Kelly. Alexander Ludwig as Dorn. And Charles Melton as Rafi. So, Marco. Let's let's see for the third time now. Yay or nay? This one is a hard yay for me. More so than the previous two. Yeah. I'd say the other two were soft yays because, you know, nostalgia. But this one was actually pretty damn good. I was I was impressed. I I came in with really low expectations because I'm like, man, it's it's been years, guys, and you know, you haven't really struck gold here, so I don't know what else to expect, but I they I think they did a really good job at modernizing the characters, at really referencing all the bullshit from the previous two films and putting them into light and, to, and into perspective. I liked how the characters of Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett to a point grew. Like they're more they're more self aware, I guess, of their of their actions and of everything that they've done in the past. The villain was just on point very menacing and probably the best villain of all three movies the plot actually makes more sense and is probably the most like linear well-written plot of the entire three and the actions i think was fantastic they they made it kind of slightly akin to michael bay like they threw some homage to it but it was also its own it wasn't necessarily all that high octane that michael bay does which some people like but i think like we've seen it way too much that it was nice to kind of slow things down and kind of see what exactly is going on in each sequence and i think it made it more impactful so overall hard yay what about you james uh yeah this is the only good movie in the trilogy to me as far <laughs> as i'm concerned this one's this is surprisingly quite good and i mean i think it's just because you remove michael bay out of the equation and um as you guys know, I'm not a huge Michael Bay hater, but man, I just don't like those other two movies. This one, though, solid film. I like that we've... Um, it makes subtle reference to the last one. That's what I was trying to say earlier, that you could probably just start with this and yeah. understand that they have a past, because there's, it's a totally separate storyline for the most part. Oh, yeah. it's never This whole storyline is never referenced in any of the other two films, as much as they try to be like, oh, some shit went down before, and we'll talk about it in spoilers, obviously, but... Yeah. Um, I thought Jacob Scipio as Armando was nuts because he's just like a much cooler version of like an assassin i guess is what i'm trying to get at without revealing too much the ammo team of kelly dorn or f um i liked them actually they didn't come off as annoying which is weird i know that a lot of it's very predictable on what they're going to probably do and they're uh they're kind of like there's a they're run by with rita played by paula newness who's i thought she did a good job too yeah and because uh, a lot of the female leads in these movies have not or characters i guess in general have not done well 
or the, aren't represented too well. I think. The team is actually competent, which is something they haven't done yeah. in the previous two films. And I like the fact that they bring up, like, hey, it's because you guys have done all this shit in the past. That's why this was almost kind of created, because they do stuff correctly mm-hmm. and, like, efficiently. But it's kind of showing, like, the old ways. Like, Mike is, like, used to, like, going in and taking them out and bad boys for life bullshit. And they're like, no, we have to use a drone and blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought it was cool. Like Isabel Arites is like a witch kind of person or something. I mean, so they say. Kind of uh, pretty funny in a way. I mean that that also just kind of adds to the. It's still ridiculous at times, yeah. obviously. You know, so she's like doing quotes and shit. I don't know what she's doing. Just I, I thought it was awesome that they brought Kate Del Castillo on this one because she's from La Reina del Sur. Which is a uh, Spanish soap opera. I was telling James about it, and I thought it was really awesome that she was in this because I didn't even know she was going to be in this. Which is yeah, I gotta say too that they didn't reveal surprise. too much in the trailers, which was nice. So I was yeah. pleasantly surprised by a lot of these sequences in this film. Uh, I still think the action is pretty over the top. You know, at one point there's a helicopter going down into a building. So. <laughs> I mean, you tell me. I don't know. Is that normal? I don't. I don't think so. But it's cool. Uh, what did you think though, Neville? I thought it was great as well. Uh, I think that of the three, this had a very cohesive story. There was real motivation. <laughs> there was, you know, for the characters, there were stakes. Like, you didn't know can, what was going to happen. Can I mention one last thing? Uh, yeah. Also, the pacing was pretty good in this movie, too, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. As opposed, It's a movie that is also a little bit past two hours, but not, unlike the other two, I wasn't like, man, when the fuck is this going to end? Or like yep. it felt like it was tacking on. I didn't feel like that happened at all with this movie. Nabil, would you yeah. say shit got real in this one? <laughs> I, I think. I mean, shit really did get real here. <laughs> they, they, the transitions were very, you know, where, where they're moving on from the plot from one section to the next. It just all made sense. You could follow along with it. It wasn't a suddenly they're here and suddenly they're there and what's going on. Here? It's there's yeah. progression in this film for sure, and I I, th- I really like that from a story aspect, and that might have to do a lot with the direction um, of of the two directors, but also uh, you could tell that they did rework the characters a bit. Marcus is pretty much the same, but Mike Lowry does have a little bit more growth. He's not, he, he to me seemed a little different from the last film, especially the, the first film, but, I would and I don't mean in sense of growth, just, he just seems more of a character than just a, a picture of some, you well, know, the you, cool ba- Will Smith. Ba- Will Smith. I mean, basically he, he's realizing that he's getting older in this one too, I think. Yeah. yeah. Kind of the, hint that they give you you know mm-hmm. and um, yeah the action scenes were great they had a co- cool couple cameos i think uh one of the characters in there was uh, i know we we're going to talk about him i thought what did really well surprise you can talk now was. go for it oh the uh what's his name nikki jam nikki jam he was surprisingly uh, really good i really liked him a lot i really like his music and i saw him acting i was like huh he's, he's way better than i thought he was gonna be <laughs> they both had tears in his eyes he's like nikki yeah he, and he had a big role in the film, too, which was great. He did really well there. Yeah, uh, once again, much bigger role than I thought he was going to have. I knew he mm-hmm. was in the movie, but you know how when someone has a cameo, it's more... I was like, I don't even think that's a cameo. DJ Khaled yeah. is a cameo, really. DJ Khaled is a cameo. Very, very uh, nice way to put him into. They didn't make him lean into his, you know, stick and his, his whatever his catchphrase is. He was just a character there. I was really uh, surprised by him. I was like, yeah, oh, man, he's actually holding up his own. Me, too. Yep. I was like, look at that. And then I was like, mm-hmm. man, I was like, Mike's getting a little rough with him. <laughs> got a little aggressive there. I was like, is he breaking his fingers? Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I was surprised too about that, Nabil. So what about uh, James, since you liked the film, what was your favorite sequence here? My favorite sequence was... Uh, God, there's a couple, actually. I like the last sequence of Pretty Cool. I mean, action-wise, if you're, if you're talking about an action sequence between it all. Yeah. I did like that sequence in um, the meetup in Mexico. 
or was it Mexico City, Mexico, something like that? Mexico City, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool how they kind of set up the ending and, you know, it's kind of a, a throwdown and everybody kind of shows up. But I also, I mean, I like the comedy of this one too. And I mean, mm-hmm. Martin's character is very much more of the comedic relief this whole time because he's technically quote unquote retired. <laughs> and something I do want to bring up in spoilers, something mm-hmm. kind of funny about that too, <laughs> how it just seems like, okay, I guess it's just yeah, easy. I to... do want to talk about that too. Yeah. So. There's, there's a little bit of a plot hole. Yeah, there kind of is. But I was like, oh, I'll take it, I guess. Um, <laughs> But I also liked. Uh, I mean, there's. I'll talk more about it in spoilers, probably. Ooh, so, and okay. truthfully, I didn't have any sequences in here that I hated. So, other than like the questionable plot holes that I had, like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But okay. What about you, Marco? Uh, any favorite scenes? Uh, I I do agree with James. I like the one that he mentioned. But my personal favorite was the when they're doing the stakeout and they're supposed to only do surveillance and it just goes wrong. Oh, that's uh, a that, cool that's a. It yeah. was a really good mm-hmm. sequence. I I really liked it. It turned out completely different than what I thought it was going to turn out to be, and it just it it like I said, it had that perfect blend of almost like the original two, but with a with a, like a modern twist is the to most it. Michael Bay out of all of them, though. Yeah, yeah. slow mo, uh, paint blowing up. Biggest yeah. homage there. Yeah. The pistols again, I think. But I think no, it was done in like it was done in like good taste. It's like, hey, Michael Bay, maybe if you tone it down a little bit like this it would actually be better. So that one was my favorite one. I, I do agree with James that I don't think there was a bad sequence because the movie only runs like two hours, just like the original first one, which is a perfect length for this movie. I even like, I even like the, the club scene when they escape from the club, the more. Oh, that's, 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 that's a good one cool too. too. That's a really good one. And I mean, that's the one that probably was shown the most in trailers, but truthfully I was mm-hmm. like, it's, they don't show us everything. It's pretty well done, man. Yeah. I actually I like how this one where they actually like do infiltration like they're supposed to as narcotic cops. Oh, you I'm mean like, they're oh, not wow. bringing the witness with them to uh, exactly club out. Yeah. <laughs> what What about you, Nabil? What was yours? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that Sega is really good. I I think that's a testament too that they used where a lot of these films are trying to introduce like new characters that might bring on for the future of the franchise and change things around. Um, they actually utilized like Kelly Dorn and Raph and they were very much a part of the film. They weren't just some kind of B-listers that, you know, maybe it seemed like at the beginning and then really were part of what was going on. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I liked the, I'm not going to spoil it because it is a big spoiler, but I like the, the first big scene that happens between, um, Martin Lawrence and Mike Lowry when they're at the, uh, the bar. I, it's very unexpected. That was very well done, very dramatic. And I, you didn't really see yeah. a lot of that drama that they were trying to build between the relationship of these two characters from the first two films. They were just kind of bickering most of the time. And this one seemed like a really grounded. Even Martin Lawrence was surprised to see, you know, him, him being a bit more dramatic and, and um, you know, showing emotion like that instead of just being the whole comic relief for the whole film. Mm-hmm. So I really like how well that they did that scene and took care of it. And it was a very long sequence. Um, oh, it definitely it was. was like, yeah. It was like longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. But I agreed. I didn't think there was anything that I could call out saying was, was worse as far as like the scene is concerned. There are some plot holes, but we can talk about that. Before spoilers then, uh, I, would, I do want to ask you something. That, I mean, are Mike and Marcus still terrible cops? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they still are, by the way. They, I mean, we, we saw... Uh, I'm not going to... They showed in the trailer, but... Uh, Mike Larry, eventually something happens and somebody's body falls into the top of a car, you know, in the middle of the street. So, yeah, I think that they're still pretty bad. Because I was thinking about it. I was like, did they report that? They're just driving home afterwards. <laughs> I- <laughs> 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 no. 
I, I agree. They would they would still be totally fired if they were real cops. Yeah, like a long time ago, right? So like, oh, before yeah. we go into spoilers, then how Michael Bay is this non Michael Bay film, Nibble? Oh, I'd say we'd probably go into Transformers One, Michael Bay. Really? Where Mine's he's tr- okay. I get it. He, he's trying to build a story and put it together again, but still has some of those you know fantastical set pieces. I'm going Armageddon, so. Oh, okay, I, like I that. feel like it's Armageddon esque, like a little bit, yeah. like still got story to it. I like the characters; some of it's ridiculous, but you know, I'm not going to question there it. There are emotional stakes to it. Yeah, right, there I are. Get no Aerosmith okay. songs okay. though, okay. so I was like, mm, I mean, where's the Aerosmith? So, uh, what about you, Marco? As stupid I, of a question, I would have to lean. I would have to lean towards the Transformer side too, a little bit, yeah, because it's not too over the top. It's it's just it's like the right amount. Gain. A little pain and gain. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Actually, that's I'll give you that. Yeah. Pain and gain seems like the right answer. Actually, there. yeah. I changed mine. It's pain and gain. Yeah. I have not seen that one. That might be Michael Bay's only good film in 20 years. Just like Marco, you, know. you oh, That is a film you need shit. to watch. Yeah. Man, that's, that's the first time I think I even noticed that The Rock was a good oh, actor. Oh, man. Add it to my that. ginormous list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's jump into spoilers, guys, though. So if everybody... Uh, I, we highly recommend you don't. There's a pretty big twist to this film, yeah. I would say. So if you haven't seen this or you plan to see this, just skip ahead to our outro where Marco will tell you who won that Oculus Go. So Yes. So, in spoilers here, guys, I wanted to ask you guys these two ones, and then you guys can talk about whatever you want, really, but the main discussion is, did you guys, that what? how did you guys feel about the death of Captain Howard, who's been in the film since the first one, starting with uh, Unibill? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it, that where I was saying it adds stakes to the film. That was, uh, I honestly, <laughs> so the, the right before his death, there was a, he, he gives a little bit of uh, advice to uh, Will Smith and, you know, his character, and he's very into it he's like oh it's very relevant uh relevant to what i'm going through right now yeah. Great. um and then you know the watching the other two films especially back to back when something like that happens then it's a <laughs> jump into something else and just moving forward so i kind of thought that's where they were going with it you're like so can't wait to see this dinner scene exactly <laughs> so where where he gets shot i actually it i mean i get a surprise by a lot of things but this really threw me off i didn't expect that to happen i was like Oh, they actually did the standard trope that most people do when you know somebody with wisdom gives them a, some some wise advice, and so that that seemed very impactful because the character uh, that uh, Joe Pantaleonia was playing before was a part of it, was very much a captain, supported them throughout, and even in this film was very much a part of their lives. And even brings uh, up the fact he's like he's like a son to me, you know. Yeah, exactly. When um, and then the Mike goes down, you know. Happened. Yeah. I thought it was. It was. I thought the car was going to explode. I knew something was going to happen. The way it was angled, I was like, "Oh no, something bad's about to happen." Yep. So I was like, I was really anticipating it. I did not think he was going to get shot through the throat. Though I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Yep. And that it just kind of shows you that this one is the first one with stakes to it, like you were saying, yep. uh, Nabil. So the whole time, there's like actual like stuff can happen. Like all the main characters are not safe, even if they've been in the series for 25 years at this mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. which I really liked. I thought that was a very good change of pace from the previous two, where it's kind of like. Only the bad guys die, or mm-hmm. the no-name guys. Uh, what about you, Marco? I I agree, hundred percent. It it added stakes to the actual movie and for the characters, and I think this is probably the only reason why you would want to watch the first two because if if you've seen the established history and all the shit that these characters have been through together, all the times that the captain had their back, no matter how many times they fucked up, 
and believed in them, even though they really are horrible cops. I think it adds more of an emotional weight to the scene as well. Because even just watching this movie alone, as a standalone, you can kind of get a feel for the emotion. But I, again, like I felt the impact more because of the fact that I we saw the first two movies leading up to this one, and it had it carried that much more weight to it, and it really made it kind of like emotional. I mean, Will Smith. You know, he brought his acting chops from years of experience. And when he's breaking down, saying that when he's struggling to say that the captain's down, it it felt really like, man, it it got to me. I was like, oh, shit, this is really good. Like, I never felt like this in a bad boys movie before. And one of the first three that we got. (laughs) I don't think anyone has, Marco. Right. Until this one. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. But it was it was a nice little switcheroo where, you know, first you, you have Mike Lowry get shot and then. You know, they do the bait and switch, and now it's like the captain that, you know, goes, goes down. down but it, it, it's cool. I kind of like that where the bad guy's like picking off the characters one by one and hunting them down. It's very menacing. That's one of the things that I liked about it, too. Uh, one thing I want to bring up, too, is one thing I didn't like was the. They try to. They kind of retcon a little bit of the years, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that, Neville. Um, during the bar scene, they say that they've been partners for 25 years. That's incorrect. Yeah. Because in Bad Boys yeah, 1, because they were partners they, before. They're already right? partners for six years, homie. That would have yep, been 31 yep. years. Yep. So what the fuck, guys? Why do I they're know more about the Bad films. Boys history than these fucking guys? Well, and they did that, too, because of the twist at the end. Because oh, they definitely did it because of the twist. They, rec- they reckon, they're like, hey. Because he would have been hella young. Yeah. Been like I was like, well, Mike's 16 <laughs> years old when he had a boy. <laughs> so leading into that, guys, the biggest twist in the movie. Once again, if you haven't heard of this shit, please do not listen to this part. Is Mike and Isabel, the uh, witch creature from Mexico, have a secret son who is Armando? <laughs> James really believes so, she's a witch. I don't know what the that's fuck she, she says. They call her. They call her bro. I mean, that's just that's just the title, man. Reminds me of someone I know. So it's I like know. El Sueño from Ghost Recon, bro. So Armando is actually Mike's son, and I I mean I don't think anyone saw this coming because they did a no. really good job marketing wise. Also, I mean, guy also doesn't look half black at all, so. I mean, I'm gonna. Yeah. That's one gripe. I'm like, he doesn't even remotely look like him. I mean, Marco pointed out that he has the goatee like him, which is kind of subtle. Like, I mean, yeah, everybody kind of has a goatee nowadays. I think to a point, but it's kind of thin like his. Yeah, but, but it just, it shows that he's kind of like a loose cannon, like his dad. Yeah, he, he takes uh like chances. He's very defiant too, because his mom's giving him orders, similar yeah. to the captain, and he's yeah, yeah. just not listening. So I thought that that mirror. It's just hard for me because. After seeing Gemini Man, I'm like, I know what a half Will Smith guy would look like. <laughs> mm, this is not what I expected. So, but I mean, what did you guys overall think about that? And did you? I mean, obviously we didn't see it coming. Uh, but did that add to it? Um, do you like where that kind of ends too? Uh, starting with you, Marco. First of all, I want to give props to the marketing team, like you said, James, for not spoiling this in the trailers. We live yeah. in an era where they're going back to like the 80s and 90s, where they're showing you the entire movie, and I'm yeah. so glad Come they didn't give this away. To finish the rest of the dialogue, because <laughs> it would it just would have ruined it completely. Because it was such a like it was a great reveal, and it it made the movie that much more better. I mean, I was already enjoying it, and that when that came out, I yeah, was like, holy shit, it worked. Uh, it was a payoff that that definitely left me like feeling very excited for this movie. It just like like thinking of all the action sequences that led up to the the reveal like made everything fit well together a lot more if that makes sense yeah like all the all the fighting scenes how they're able to like go toe to toe with each other and stuff like that once again it's just like oh man will smith just fighting fighting 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you guys, Gemini Man, bro. Yeah. It's, it's probably like a better version of Gemini Man, I'm assuming. He's going up against himself, technically, but a better version of himself. So. In a way, yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you, Nabil? Yeah, I mean, the, of course, you know, no, no shocker here, but I didn't see the twist coming either. Oh, no, none of us did, bro. That was... Yeah. Hey, Nabil. <laughs> what a twist. What a twist. <laughs> But I, I had to I verify do. M. Night Shyamalan wasn't writing this movie. He's like, hold on, I mean, hold he on. I had to check the, the writing credits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to leave the theater. Hold on, babe. We're not leaving yet. <laughs> um, the only, you know, I agree with everything you guys have to say. The only thing I just did have a little bit of problem with, and I, and maybe it's not really a problem, but more like a curious thought, is that, you know, first of all, his son is the first bad guy character that um, actually lived. Because, you know, everybody else they've killed. Did so you think he was going to I thought he was, No, no. I, I thought he was going to die, actually, dude. Yeah, I did, too. I he thought took, he was going to die. When he took the shot, I'm like, there's no way he survives this. Yeah, like, he was he was almost to his heart, but I guess they barely missed it. Um, so I do find it interesting, though, at the end where they're doing, like, the Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw yeah. thing, where it's like, oh, oh, I got a job for you. There's the reference, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, it's a good move. Sticks with us. Um so I, I don't know what, where they're going to go with it. Like, is, is Martin Lawrence really going to do another film? Is yeah, they're attached. Really you know? They're attached so, to the next one already. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to yeah. see where that goes. So is it like a redemption thing? Because he did kill a shit ton of high-end, like, political and, uh, you know, and public think, servants. Yeah, so. but I think that's kind of the hint. Like, hey, do you want to, like, shave off the time? And he's going to be working for the government or something, obviously, right? right. But, I mean... Leading into that, then, Nabil. I mean, no. Before we even get to that, hold on. I do want to bring up one thing real quick. A big plot hole. How easy is it to unretire from the fucking police force? Oh man, that's what <laughs> he did. Retire. Yeah. He and literally I, I was, like, was like, he said no, he retired. I'm, I, and he he looks at him and says, no. And then ten minutes later, all right, bad boys for life. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, like, coming so back, it's, baby. It's fine. Like he retired and he's helping him like as a retired cop, so he's kind of unofficially helping. But then at the very end, where it looks like he's just back in the force you can't just unretire like that i don't think it works that way. i don't th- i mean it's one of the movie things like uh, just, the paperwork just alone man <laughs> right yeah what if I they're mean, like so you're not getting that pension anymore What's yeah or what on? if they're like oh we already filled your spot i mean you can get like a county over i guess but you can't work with yeah. us anymore ah exactly. shit captain's gone nobody's up to bat for them anymore well so i mean rita's see. the captain now so oh that's true uh, yeah she probably got a little pool there uh, one other mention too, I do like that. Uh, the only thing that I did like that they pulled from the other ones too is that the fact that they took the same kid from the second movie and he's marrying Marcus's daughter. Yeah, that was funny. funny. That was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. It was, was a like, nice payoff. Oh shit, it's the same guy, which is a good payoff. Yeah. Uh, so wait, leading into the ending though, Nabil, Bad, Li- Bad Boys Four, which hopefully won't be in production hell like this one has been for fifteen years, um, has mm-hmm. been announced that they're working on, and Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are attached to come back, obviously. Uh, what do you guys want to see in the sequel? As like our closing statement here, man. I mean, just thinking about it, I don't. I I hope that they can bring back the comedy because I doubt that Martin Lawrence and Will Smith have as big of a role. They're probably going to try to do a hard lean into the newer crew. Yeah. But uh, I do hope that there's going to be some good comedy. I think from a story wise, I just hope that they don't go the route of like what the people did with like Expendables three and what they were trying to do with kind of like uh fast six i think i want to say where they were just trying to make a story centralized around them but keep the same overall plot like we changed it up you ended that trilogy let's you know focus on like miami pd and narcotics and maybe you know it could still be funny but maybe make it a bit more 
growth on the on those new characters and not just try to rehash the old the old thing. Uh, what about you, Marco? I would like to see consistency because I think that this movie was very well balanced as far as plot, yeah. dialogue, comedy, action. It was just a very well put together, mm-hmm. and they just need to continue that and not drop the ball on it. I agree in the bill there that you know make it more about narcotics. I mean this this movie had more to do with like family, but you know at least they threw in family. some some family. And we're back, baby. But, you know, they threw in the drugs kind of in the middle of that. And there was, you know, the whole Mexican cartel thing. Like, yeah, but that's it's more about it's like a revenge plot. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, worked, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. worked. Especially since, you know, it's been, you know, years since we've seen these characters. But, but yeah. And we make saw the it, last time they dealt with drugs, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did not do a good job. No. And it would be interesting to see what they do with the ammo team. Like, are they going to be yeah. the new bad boys? And like you were saying, Nabil, Mike, and Marcus are just going to be in the background and just sort of be the new quote unquote captains of of the series. I mean, for me, like, is Armando probably going to have a bigger role? Is it, are they going to explore like his relationship with his dad? Uh, like the years lost between the two, or is he going to? People probably won't trust him and shit like that. You know, I don't know. True. It'd be kind of cool. It's unique. It's it, not very often. Well, I mean, now I'm comparing it to Fast and Furious because of fucking the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of like Jason Statham. But like, I mean, he that's killed where a, they would go. He, you know, he killed. Just, yeah, but hold on to Bill. Jason Statham. That led into that bullshit Hobbs and Shaw movie, which you love. So I thought it was a good movie. It I know was you fun. did. It's on but Jason. But again, you know, you get that character who did something unthinkable. There was no kind of state. The, the stakes were different for. Armando and it and who he's well who he killed the, the connection except for the captain I guess well I guess I take it back because not the captain really was killed, so. yeah because yeah. he killed the All captain right. Right. and then uh, Shaw killed Han because he thought that Han was involved with his brother yeah. so once again so I don't know bring, why this marathon bring the rock in guys what? it'll it'll fix it all up for us. oh my god actually that would work perfectly by the way but, but ch- chime into what you were saying James it would add tension to the next movie because everyone would be like well that dude killed the captain you know why yeah. you have him help us and to like because we're trying to do a spinoff movie so back <laughs> up, son of a bitch uh so i mean overall guys we definitely would recommend this one all three of us like this yes um the trilogy as a whole obviously mixed i know marco liked all three uh nabil kind of like the second one or really like third one and i i truthfully just like the third one but I, i'd have to say overall not a bad little mini marathon compared to some of them that we've done i ought to say at least it was entertaining and funny at times at least so, it didn't drain yeah. us completely yeah, I didn't feel oh, yeah. drained for this one. Because on top of that, guys, as you guys know, we're also watching um, Oscar films. So More on that next week or next episode. So, guys, with that, that is the end of podcast number 65? Yes. Mark? yes. 65? 65. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So, with that, uh, once again, guys, thank you for all the likes, listens. Uh, I'm assuming and I'm hoping that as I'm editing this in the future that this sounds way better. So, as you guys know, we've had some audio issues, and I think we might have figured it out finally, guys. We hope so. I hope so, too. So, we'll find out shortly thereafter. Uh, we have a giveaway to announce here, so we're going to hand this off to Marco. Just kidding. That is right. We do. We're finally going to announce the winner of this great prize, guys. And I hope you guys are excited as we are, because we couldn't wait to give this one away. The winner... Of the Oculus Go standalone virtual reality headset goes to drumroll 
Zachary Chapman on Instagram. Congratulations, Zachary, on winning your Oculus Go VR headset. We will contact you shortly via social media and let you know how it is that you can get this special prize delivered to you. Congrats, Zachary. Congrats. And uh, Marco, uh, remind them, though, on our social media, how they can reach out to us regardless. You guys can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or Spotify, hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Or in a bill. Or in a bill either, yeah. So, guys, uh, tune in next time. It'll be episode 66. We're going to be going over our Oscar picks because, much like last year, we'll be uh, doing some Oscar bowling again with some prizes and slash rewards for the losers i guess and uh <laughs> we're probably going to be I doing a review we're not quite sure what we're doing yet because it's kind of a topsy-turvy kind of week but we will be announcing that ahead of time maybe on social media so keep an eye on it out on that so until then guys this is james and marco and nabil have a good one